you have reached the voicemail box of Game Thing Season 6 Speed Running. You have 19 new messages. Monday, the 3rd of July, at 1.36 p.m. Hey, this is a message for Pippin Barr. This is David Walensky calling again, and I seem to have missed you again. Uh, so it's, uh, yeah, it's David's turn to take a turn at the wheel on the season of Game Thing. All about speedrunning. We're slowly making our way here. So towards the end of Code, um, I mentioned rewatching RoboCop, but what I did not mention is it was part of a double header uh, with Conan the Barbarian, which I had never seen before, and knowing speedrunning was coming, uh, this immediately came to mind out of a 99% sure curiosity. Hey, did anyone ever make a game out of this? And yes, they did, and you're asking for uncharted territory, and that's usually my preference, too. And unknowingly, I had locked in weeks ago. That's how in step we are, Pippin. Um, so we are going to be playing... Uh, not a game called Conan the Barbarian, but a game called Conan <laughs> the Mysteries of Time, uh, developed and published by Mindscape in 1991. Wikipedia says it, quote, is a simple adaptation of a computer game called Myth, History of the, in the Making, which was developed by System 3. Uh, that previous version came out in 1989, so how simple it could have been or what a simple adaptation even means, I do not know. Um, side note, I should mention in researching all of this, um, there's actually a very solid, though I'm sure today obscure, 1984 Conan game called Conan Hall of Voltra. Volta, sorry. Oh, I didn't do all my research. <laughs> um, but I hear that it's exquisite um, among my circle of friends. Um, that's their words, not mine. They say there's a good deal of Puzzles, logic, platforming, and action that is all very exacting. Um, we're not playing that. We're going to be playing some random thing I found off the internet. And I think it's actually very much in the spirit of speedrunning to do that because speedrunning is often filled with circles of people who love to plumb pretty obscure stuff for bragging rights. Some mix of that, I guess, mastery and Question mark insights, maybe you and I will be figuring out as I look forward to you and I hitting our head against the wall, playing an old Nintendo game for the first time. Um, so how long to, dis to beat describes this game as you are a mere mortal who has been called by the gods to defeat several mythological creatures that have been turned bad by the evil Dameron. I, I wish he wouldn't have done that. Um... How Long to Beat also says uh, pretty much all play styles of this game clock this game in at taking 36 minutes to complete. Speedrun.com has a total of three runs registered uh, with the emulator run, um, which is something I guess we're both going to be doing but don't condone naturally. Um, so those runs take the top run for an emulator is 14 minutes and 4 seconds by Darth Tyriel. Um, there's two any percent runs that go to Extra Guy, who eight years ago beat the game in 13 minutes and 24 seconds. And standing on top of all of them, at the top of the heap, is White Hat 94, who seven years ago beat the game in nine minutes and 20 seconds. Um, there's also a five minute, 30 second tool assisted run on the TAS Videos channel, which sums the game up as this game may look sloppy, 
objectives are obscure, animations stutter, enemies keep spawning and refuse to die unless their current animations finish. Nevertheless, this run still completes the game in a timely 18,016 frames. So, okay, Pippin, I'll see you on the Tree of Woe. Bye. Monday, the 3rd of July, at 4.29 p.m. David, pick up if you're there. Yo. All right. Um, well, Conan, The Mysteries of Time, excellent choice, excellent choice. I've never heard of it. I have heard of Conan the Barbarian, and I was sorry to see that the game does not open with us pushing a giant wheel around and around. Um, but I guess that's just the Conan game that I would make. Uh, you know, let's play ancient Conanian punishments. Uh, but it's great to have a non-FPS game. It's great to have something old. And interesting, your point about it being based on an, an earlier game. And on the on the title screen, it actually says Program Copyright 1989 uh, System 3, which is distinct from the Conan, I guess, IP copyright and the Mindscape developer copyright. Um, so is this a, a straight-up asset swap? I should have done the research. I'm just going to ask you. <laughs> uh, because it's interesting to think about that in relation to speedrunning specifically. And and I should have checked if there's a speedrun of the original game, because I'm wondering, you know, can one game be easier or faster to speedrun than another when they share the exact same code? And I think the answer is yes, because the assets and the visual representation are going to make a massive difference to how legible the game is, for example. Um, how well you can read the terrain, the movement, uh, the actions. Um, but it would be great to do that comparison. Can you do that? Uh, if not, I'll do it. Don't worry. Um, I have relied going in on a walkthrough by Lord Galgothia uh, from 2002, just to get the controls, because I couldn't find a manual uh, for the game. And it's so old school that when you start the game, instantly an enemy spawns and starts killing you. And I just didn't want to spend all of the time kind of flailing the A and B buttons and uh, combinations to figure out what it was that I could actually do. Uh, so that was helpful, especially because it turns out that you have an inventory system you can access when you pause the game, uh, suggesting that we can get things and use those things to do things to other things. Uh, possibly, uh, maybe to find glitches and exploit them. That is the sort of thing that a speedrunner would do, so I'm going to have my eye out, and I guess that's going to involve uh, the Wilinski method of dickering around and seeing what happens when you just do random stuff at inappropriate moments. Uh, so I'll try that out as well, uh, in my own way. And testing thus far uh, by reloading the game over and over again a few times suggests that all of the enemy spawns, at least, are deterministic, uh, which would hopefully mean we can actually memorize a sequence of moves once we've worked out what the moves are meant to be. Thus far, I've made it as far right as I could to find... I assume Kerberos spitting fireballs at me and could not work out how to do anything to Kerberos except say nice doggy. Uh, and no, you cannot pet the dog in Conan the Mysteries of Time. See ya. Monday, the 3rd of July at 11.58pm. Hey Pippin. Myth, history in the making. Speedrun.com says on... ZX Spectrum, or ZX, as you might say, and that's X with two X's. Um, Civiper, three years ago, time on record, 16 minutes and 27 seconds on Amiga. 
I know six years ago, 17 minutes even, and on Commodore 64, no time on record. Uh, other fun facts is we have together roughly on this cassette on the answering machine we share, so far of elapsed time, somewhere between the TAS videos channel record and the White Hat 94 record. Um, looking at a video by Retro Sutra on YouTube, I can report to my eye, they look to be largely the same game. The big biggest differences are, uh, of course, the game is now called Conan, and instead of playing as a guy in what looks to be a Han Solo costume, you are now playing as a shirtless behemoth. Also, the NES version has eliminated the heads-up display, uh, streamlining it in favor of two numbers and an inscrutable bar underneath, and I guess... Uh, relegating other stuff to the inventory screen you're talking about. Um, but that's just one opinion on one data point. At offensive underscore username three years ago on YouTube wrote, every port seems to be a different game. The only consensus I see is as at WongTK123 says, less said about the NES, the better. This has been the David Wolinski Information Service, a subdivision of Wolinskians. Tuesday, the 4th of July. At 2.34 a.m. Tuesday, the 4th of July, at 2.57 a.m. Breaking news, I've defeated Cerberus. It was very weird. Uh, I could talk about that whole process, but probably the most germane thing, uh, challenges to speedrunning. I've noticed potential damage randomization. Sometimes it takes multiple hits, never consistently, to defeat enemies. Also, you have a kick attack that can make you fall off ledges. Basically, you can't do anything as intended or you think you should be able to. This will be tough. Tuesday, the 4th of July, at 11.54 a.m. Hey, David. I guess you're out. Um, Can't Do Things As Intended feels like a good title for my memoir. Uh, at least my memoir of being Conan the Barbarian uh, in The Mysteries of Time. Not really sure why it's called that. I should probably look that up. I guess it's because it's got lots of different historical beasties in it, um, arguably from different eras. Like it's got the, the Hydra, it's got Kerberos, it's got a, a Sphinx. Does it have a Sphinx? Maybe I'm just making stuff up now. It's got all kinds of creepy crawlies, giant ones. And I too defeated Kerberos with my mediocre, uh, you know, just trying to play the game. And one thing about that, at least in that first level, I don't know if it's going to replicate throughout the game, is that there is sort of a series of necessary steps to be able to defeat Kerberos, because it seems like you can only beat the dog with a trident, and you can only get the trident if you defeat the devil, and you can only defeat the devil if you knock down a skeleton from hanging from a wall. You can only knock down a skeleton hanging from a wall if you get a sword. You can only get a sword if you defeat a skeleton, and it randomly drops the sword. Uh, except that I don't think it's random, because... Um, I was having a little look at a tool-assisted speedrun, which is something we should um, we should get into talking about. But suffice to say, it seemed to demonstrate that you can play if you if you if you present the same inputs to the game, you will get the same results. So there is some sense in which it's deterministic, and if you do exactly the same thing, you're all good. 
The thing I wonder about is how much that only works for cold, hard computer timing versus human timing. I have the suspicion that enemy spawns, for example, and maybe enemy drops are kind of contingent on exactly where you're standing when the enemy spawns, say, or that they're triggered by, by where you move to um, is another possibility. And so for a mere human, reproducing exact results may or may not be possible. In which case, you know, for example, to get that sword consistently, you might have to fight a bunch of um, skeletons until you fight the right one that drops the right thing. Um, one of the things I think that I was thinking, just as, again, as like a, a human player of this game, is how much the stripping away of a bunch of what I, I see as quality of life platforming features like air control being being the biggest one, but also things like input buffering. Um, those things being absent make me almost feel like I need to slow down my inputs uh, in order to speed up. Uh, you have to be much more considered in this game. Um, it's very much a game of press button animation plays. Uh, for example, for Conan's extremely impressive and thigh heavy uh, leap into the air that he can do, which seems to be a good primary mode of transportation. Um, it looks faster than than any other uh, movement, and it um, it can also jump over enemies, uh, which is useful. So, jump, jump, jump is my guess. Um, but yeah, all of these all of these inputs sort of need to happen. You need to let them happen before you do the next thing. So you can't really be kind of spamming inputs to try and um, you know almost outrace the game itself, you have to be sort of methodical, uh, which again, you know, ties back to this tool assistant speedrunning stuff where you can get the computer to send exactly the right input on exactly the right frame uh, and therefore know exactly what will happen. Uh, whereas for a human, it's a little bit more tricky not to panic uh, when Kerberos is shooting fireballs at your face and you realize that you don't have the trident and you've got to go back and fight the devil. You know, Conan problems, right? Tuesday, the 4th of July, at 12.36pm. Mm. Hey, this is a message for Pippin. Um, one of the things I think I was thinking to uh, mirror your comment would be a good title for my memoir. Uh, should be said, because I'm going to abstract out to some pretty heady spaces. Um, one, one neat thing about Conan is you have to press down to jump. <laughs> There's a big learning curve here. Um... And if I'm going to hazard a guess about it being called Conan, the Mysteries of Time, it's because it's about the mysteries of speedrunning. Uh, but there's a couple basics here we should talk about. And one is, what is a tool-assisted speedrun? A term I've always heard, but never actually looked up. And I think I'm still getting my, my, my head around, and I hope I'm defining this right. So as I understand it, tool-assisted speedruns are separate from traditional speedruns, and they're not necessarily or directly comparable. So traditional speedruns are focused on human performance, while tool-assisted speedruns um, explore the boundaries of what's possible within the game's mechanics at the help of external tools and frame-by-frame -frame manipulation. So, you know, you're saying it's tricky not to panic. You know, tool assistance here is a way to sort of optimize out <laughs> <laughs> human error. I did a lot of reading this morning and um, in the documentation for the TAS editor. Did we just call it tasing? Uh, for the tase tool, um, which sort of looks like a piano roll for a player piano, but with your button inputs mapped to individual frames, 
It says tasing is, quote, compensating for the slow reaction of the human organism. So that means tasing is the process of, um, you know, creating an extraordinary game play uh, session. So it's about play as an extraordinary act. It's about perfectionism. Um, and it's also getting into things about control. You know, what does it really mean to control a game? And there's all sorts of sort of philosophical ways I can spin out on the implications. And, you know, there's all this stuff in here about the exploration between the virtual world and the real world. You know, the code interacts with a bunch of stuff in the memory. Um, and there's just all this stuff in the underlying structure of the game and the manipulation of the data that you wind up doing. So, you know, to me, this raises questions about reality simulation, blurring the lines between, you know, virtual files and physical reality of what you were doing, um, you know, questions about agency, uh, but also makes me think about the potential loss of authentic human experiences, you know, the the uh, ethical implications of us relying on machines for decision-making, and there's stuff about identity. There's just so much in here, and it's all very heady, and I don't want to sound overly existential, because it is a day off here in America. And I don't want to sound twinged with negatives, you know. So, Pippin, as you're progressing, you know, what are the upsides of tasing? As a game designer, like, what do these under-the-hood peaks tell you that you may not have already known? All right, bye. Tuesday, the 4th of July, at 9.06 p.m. Hey David, I um I don't have much time right now, um, and you asked interesting questions that I might just have to defer on because I wanted to announce <laughs> publicly to just you that I've figured out what I'm going to set as my objective, which is I'm going to speed run the first level of Conan: The Mysteries of Time um, because of Pippin Bar, the lack of time. And I'm looking at the emulator run on speedrun.com, and I see that um, the runner, who is called Darth Tyrael, uh, does that level in, in roughly 154. Um, and speaking to your question of what uh, looking at the tool-assisted speedruns uh, gives in terms of peaks under the under the hood. Because I guess to some extent um, uh, a TAS is meant to be kind of frame perfect or as frame perfect as a person's been able to do um, through kind of almost forensic examination of the game, uh, you can look to it not just for kind of techniques but um, specific weird timing stuff that you can do with games like this. So one of my early observations with the, the TAS version of the first level is that I noticed that it goes forward, drops off a platform, walks a little bit, turns around, comes back up, and then kicks a green guy and gets a fireball, which is important um, moving forward, especially to kill the devil, <laughs> of course. And it seems like I've tested that and other routes, and that seems to be the way to get a green guy who always drops a fireball first time. Um, you then go across another platform, and the third skeleton you kill drops a sword, which you also need. Um, as discussed. So I'm looking at stuff like that and trying to build a decent uh, level one run. Uh, wish me luck. I wish you luck if you want to join me on this one. Uh, you know, challenge accepted, challenge rejected. Up to you. Bye-bye. Tuesday, the 4th of July at 9.27 p.m.
Tuesday, the 4th of July, at 9.39 p.m. Depends, David. Uh, we keep missing each other, but message received, and I don't know if I can accept your challenge, because it was a challenge. <laughs> Coincidentally, this morning, I I, I uh, gave to myself. I thought, you know, this would be a good use of time, uh, because that first level is challenging, and it's sort of the synecdoche of the whole thing. Um, and as much as I love to talk about Charlie Kaufman, uh, I don't know if these metaphors are ever useful, and I'm going to hold you to those questions. I'm going to have to call you back later. Um, over the weekend, I saw Gene Hackman in The Conversation, a movie I had never seen before, and it keeps going through my mind, and if it's in my mind, I guess it's useful, I'll say it, I'll share it, it's all fair game. Um, conversations about a surveillance expert who meticulously analyzes audio recordings, um, just, you know, obsessing over every nuance and detail, and uh, that's what I've been doing. Uh, this morning, and I'm getting ready to do after cooking dinner, and I'm going to mess around with some of the Taze stuff. Um, I'll report back on how it's doing. Uh, I guess I'm supposed to be like, yeah, it's a competition, and you're on. Um, I don't know. We're on? <laughs> there might be fireworks in our honor, by the way, just uh, just commemorating our uh, incredible skills. So if you hear it in the background, that's what that's about. Nothing else. Wednesday. The 5th of July, at 12.37 a.m. Okay, the dogs have calmed down. I haven't. Um, so in the speedrun, I'm modeling after their 2,390 frames in when Cerberus is killed. And those first 200 frames where you can't do anything because you can't press start is just the total white-knuckle feeling. And normally this sort of meticulous detail would be a bit much. And again, this is not the only kind of speedrunning out there that we've sort of just parallel parked into. But, you know, for some people, creating efficiencies feels good. Does it feel good to you, Pippin? Um, do you remember in Mario Paint where you'd put, like, little baby face and airplanes on sheet music measures and you can make your compositions? Because of a lot of weird Mac hiccups, I was having issues pausing and unpausing the recording of my movements to optimize. And so looking it up online, this is like this is like a whole thing. It's a known issue. So what I've been doing is literally frame by frame painting my playthrough of the first level, like on Mario Paint. Uh, and it took me a while to figure this out. So... You know, I'm not so interested in the competition between you and me. I think it's more like we're racing to do an autopsy together. But I know the path you're talking about and have played it last night. And uh, I can tell you I got the green guy gone and the fireball sprite to appear on screen in frame 486. So how have you been faring? Um, if you're Harry Call, what's the central mystery here? What are the mysteries of time and speed running? Wednesday. The 5th of July, at 1.14pm. Hey David, I love the image of you painting your playthrough in the TAS editor, and I can only assume it is exactly like Bob Ross, and I wonder if you could uh, make us a recording of you doing that painting, uh, if you would. Uh, but it, it sounds like we're not actually doing the same thing, so I don't think we're competing after all. Terrible shame. I know that you, you love the taste of blood, 
Um, I am not doing TAS uh, for this. I am actually uh, performing a, an emulator any percent level one of Conan the Mysteries of Time run with my fragile human body um, instead, uh, which has meant a different experience, I imagine, um, in that I am repetitively restarting the game and trying to get a good run. Um, one of the things I'm trying to do with this is do a run that would lead to good runs in the subsequent levels as well. So I am trying to obviously get through Kill Cobras, which you have to do, but then also get another trident before I exit the level, um, because conventional wisdom and the very, very small <laughs> Conan speedrunning scene suggests that you want that trident to kill a guard in the next or maybe the next next level. Uh, so I'm trying to do that too. Um, I did use the TAS, though, to kind of gain an understanding of the opening sequence, which is why I've been able to kind of drop down a platform, go back up to the same platform I was just on, kick a green guy and get a fireball. That's a very reproducible movement that you can do that yields a result that you need. You need the fireball um, to easily kill the devil later on. Um, and consistently, the third skeleton I kill has a sword. I can't seem to make that come any earlier um, through study as yet. Uh, so there's a lot of research, but a lot of execution. Um, just repetitively going through the same motions, accidentally doing long jumps constantly instead of picking things up, which is uh, a, a tough aspect, I guess, of the controls of this game. But I'm getting better and better at it. I, I can now complete the level pretty easily, and my best speed run of that level is 1 minute 42 seconds. I don't know what that is in your world of frames. Um, but it's not bad. So Darth Tyrael, um, who has got the any percent emulator record for the game, uh, does the first level in 1 minute 54 seconds. So technically I've finished that level faster than they did, but they get the trident at the end, and I do not get the trident at the end in that, in that particular run. So the objective is to get a faster time with the trident. Um, knowing full well that that doesn't mean that I am faster or better at this game than that runner since I'm only doing um, a single level. Uh, one of the things that all of this brings me back to, both both your description and mine here, is your idea of the loss of authentic human experience um, in all of this. Do you think that's true? Because I feel like I'm having a very, you know, a distinct experience of this game um, by speedrunning, by reloading, by paying close attention to enemy positions and spawns. Um, but it doesn't feel less authentic. Does the test stuff feel less authentic or different? Wednesday, the 5th of July, at 3.21pm. Hey Pippin, Mr. Call. Boy, I wish I could speedrun the workday. Am I right? Uh, authentic, different, I don't know. Authentic is one of those words like unique where it's like I don't really know what that means, you know, if I was an editor and I was editing you, I'd, I'd, I'd cut that word out because it's a placeholder for a, uh, another more specific adjective, but if you elaborate on what specifically you're angling at, I will happily reply in a future voicemail to you. Um, I can't tell you it's different. I mean, certainly, <laughs> ironically, to go faster, I am going slower, and um, Bob Ross is a good one, like because I feel like what I'm doing is playing Conan in a very painterly way. I'm watching the play at 15.7% of normal speed, 
which is even slower than I slowed down videos of Portal in the preseason to understand what was going on there. As I am adding meticulously, indirectly, frame by frame, okay, Conan, go here, now do that. Um, and this morning I managed to get it to the next step from where I left off last night. I picked up the fireball and then <laughs> getting the inventory open by frame 495. Uh, well, no, I pressed the button to open the menu on frame 495, but it doesn't open until frame 511. And a cool thing about the tool I'm using, I don't know how you pronounce it, F-C-E-U-X. I keep wanting to say it's fuck you in, I don't know. Um... But whatever it is, however you pronounce it, like the cool thing about it's Taz Editor is it shows you the frame where the button press is registered by the game lighting up in a different color versus where the button presses are futile. So um, there's just a lot of decision-making and troubleshooting and, like, can you literally move the cursor on the instant the menu opens? I'll find out tonight. Or does it need a frame or whatever the game thinks is a moment before it can take new commands? Like, that's something I've really noticed and been paying attention as I've been playing Conan Chopped and Screwed here is it shows you how often the curtains go up and down in a game. Uh, you know, I'm asking myself stuff like, can I pick up the fireball and open the inventory simultaneously? Like, it's just, it's just slowing down all the synapses, and it's it's a little bit, I think, like, maybe, much lower stakes, obviously, than what it might be like to launch a missile, because um, I have I have the Lord Gilgathoa 2's controls open alongside it, just to remember what the controls are, since I'm painting frame by frame and not technically interacting with the game itself. Um, so I have a lot of other thoughts, but I'll leave it there for now. Bye, Pippin. Wednesday. The 5th of July, at 8.50 p.m. And it's going to voicemail. All right, man. Well, I agree. Let's not um, chase the authenticity truck down the street barking uh, loudly. But I do think that this kind of second-order experience of the game, maybe third-order for you with your kind of also um, kind of mapping it out in the test system, um, I do think it's interesting and worthwhile. Like, I feel like I'm... I'm experiencing, you know, not Conan the and the Mysteries of Time, but like some kind of amalgam of that and the nature of games themselves. You know, I was thinking maybe the best way to say this is that rather than playing the game, we're playing the game. Yeah? Yeah. So, good news. Uh, on my side, I did another run of the level one thing that we're doing, well, that I, you know, I'm doing the, the frail human version of this. And it was a trident run in that I did exit the level with a trident, and I did it in one minute and 40 seconds, which is faster than the on-the-record speedrun time any percent emulator. <laughs> what an accomplishment. Uh, but I did do it. Uh, so it's 14 seconds faster and it did make me feel like, oh yeah, maybe I could, um, maybe I could beat this game. Uh, and well, I mean, if I just beat the game, I would set a speedrun record. I'd be number two at the very least. Uh, but it did feel like I, you know, I managed to improve my time. I learned stuff about the game. I have a much deeper understanding of of whatever this game is uh, is trying to do. And one of the things I did to get that time was I went back to the TAS uh, run that you are so familiar with to just kind of check out 
what the optimizations were that it was using. Um, so there's the obvious one that I that I know and was using already, which is that jump pattern at the beginning uh, to get the fireball early. But the thing I hadn't been doing and I could do if I wanted a faster time is that it isn't afraid to use those fireballs to take out the skeletons to get the sword. Um, and it's much faster than what I've been doing, which is kicking the skeletons in the groin repeatedly. Uh, so that might be a good a good speed up because uh, you can just get a fireball later on. That's what I that's what I um, what I didn't think about because you do need them to to take out the devils. I think um, easily. Um, the other thing that the test run does that I think is super fascinating, and I'm hoping you've got some insight here, is that Conan fires the fireballs at the second devil before it spawns, uh, which is a really good example I think of the testness of that. Right, like. I assume the way that that's done is that you they play it and then they see when the the devil spawns and then they go back in time uh, to however many frames before that and insert shoot fireball there so that the fireballs arrive just as the devil spawns and he you know he's insta killed uh, by that so it's you know there's time travel going on here. Um, also, I noticed you're calling him Conan instead of Conan. Uh, is that because of his uh, many similarities to Conan O'Brien or is it something else? Let me know. Bye-bye. Thursday, the 6th of July, at 12.31 a.m. Hey, Pippin. Sorry I missed your call, man. Uh, I genuinely apologize for not being available. So let's try to connect soon. And in the meantime, I'll respond to you over voicemail. If that works for you, seems to be working so far so good. Um, I'm a bit concerned because I haven't been able to get a hold of you. Um... You know, what if there was an emergency? I hope not, but let's try to figure this uh, phone tag thing out soon. So, um, you know, your 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 question about authenticity is 100% valid. I think it's just what I was reacting to was not knowing and wanting to clarify first. Like, you know, it depends how down the relativism rabbit hole we want to get. And I hear authentic, and I think it's a question of like, well... You know, are we talking about, like, one absolute truth we're getting at, or is there, like, an individual truth? And so you're saying you're experiencing the uh, the nature of games themselves, which is a phrase I think and believe is very near and dear to your heart, and I think it's very near and dear to your work, and I think it's the stuff you hear people talk the least about with speedrunning, or certainly I bet it's the stuff that gets discussed... Um, but doesn't echo beyond the inner silos of the communities in speedrunning, and it's not the sort of stuff you see most surface level um, when speedrunning gets written about, you know, outside of the uh, most academic of academic circles. So, you know, I think talking about the times and speeds and the feeling of elation at beating your own personal fests and... Uh, also, you know, firing shots at an official record, like one on a leaderboard like you're doing, and I applaud you in, and I'll be there to uh, dump coolers of your favorite liquid onto you, maybe a, maybe a Gatorade something. Um, you know, all that stuff, I think, is the surface surface about speedrunning. And so I guess in a way, you know, this gets back to a question you're asking and I asked earlier, you know, what does it mean to control a game? And I guess in another way... I'm saying, hey, you go first. But obviously, you know, we're new to this, so what do we know? We're still figuring it out, sounding it out. But I think, you know, as I've been introspective, a rare thing for me, 
about what we've experienced so far. You know, I'm honestly not even sure if this is going to, like, bleed into how I regularly play games. But it might also be the sort of thing where years from now, you know, I don't even know if the stuff I'm doing right now is sort of cross-stitching together a few moments of play together in Conan. I mean, you know, we're we're new to this, so maybe maybe it'll metabolize. But So I have, I have a tangent, though, that I want to go on, and I thought I'd get to earlier. But before my tangent... Uh, I just want to say, yes, your guess is right. Conan, Conan fires uh, the second fireball before the skeleton is spawned due to a bit of Taz trickery, time travel, of seeing what came ahead and then lining it up before. Because that's what I'm doing every step of the way, just much more slowly and stopping to tell you about it. So um, my tangent is... Uh, in my circle of friends growing up, junior high to high school, uh, one night we had a sleepover, and there was this one guy, Peter, who was challenged to play and beat Ghosts and Goblins. Not sure if you've ever played it, but it's a brutally hard game. It predates Conan by six years, came out in 1985, and it was a memorable night because Peter was a soft-spoken dude. He'd be in my friend Kenny's room just playing it and playing it, and we'd pop our heads in and hear him cussing, chucking the controller at the wall. I still remember seeing the veins in his forehead. His whole head just turned beet red. And uh, Kenny had this refrain that we all started saying, Peter is getting increasingly vulgar. And in the end, you know, 3 a.m., 4 a.m., 5 a.m., Peter did beat the game. But I feel like all he learned was he really didn't like that game. <laughs> he didn't want to ever play it again. Uh, which is kind of opposite, I think, for folks super into speedrunning. But I guess in a way, you know, I'm asking, if you were mapping out a philosophical framework or some branch of it, like, would there be a tips and tricks section? Like, I'm not trying to be flip or dismissive. I just still puzzle a bit about what speedrunning means, and I want to keep revisiting it. But if we're experiencing the nature of games themselves, like, what are they? And uh, sincerely, you know, why would being second or third orders of experience away get us closer to the truth? And is there only one truth? And also, more importantly, do skeletons have groins? But actually, if we're talking about philosophy, you know... Thursday, the 6th of July, at 11.47 a.m., Hi David, quick message just before lunch. Um, in terms of my actual speedrunning activities, I did another run this morning where I took on board the idea of using fireballs on the skeletons to get the sword earlier. That was successful and I got my run down to 1 minute 30, uh, still getting the trident. There were still some things in there I think that I could improve on. Um, Notably, looking at the the main fast fast speedrun, the way that he clearly has familiarity with where the devil is going to spawn based on some cues on the screen that I um, I just don't understand. So I lose a bit of time because I'm not entirely sure where the devil's going to be, um, so that I can fireball him. Uh, but you know, that's a that's a savings of 18 seconds on my previous best run. So improvement is being made. Um, you know, in terms of <laughs> a philosophy of speedrunning in games and the true nature of games, I mean, that might be something that we do over a few days rather than a few minutes, but I just have this feeling when I'm speedrunning a game that I'm seeing more of the game. 
obviously when you play a, a video game in the normal way you encounter its systems as designed, maybe you run into a few wrinkles. Uh, you, you, you see the story of Conan play out, um, and you think about things like, you know, I need to get a sword, I need to take out Cobras, etc. Once we've started speedrunning, I think we're just seeing more of the game. Maybe it's not the truth of the game, but we're seeing more of the game, and we're seeing more and more under the hood as we start to consider, you know, exactly things like knowing where the devil's going to spawn, knowing that if you move in a specific pattern, you get a fireball from the first green goblin, knowing very specifically that the third skeleton gives you a sword and what that means. Um, all of those sorts of things are different understandings of what is ostensibly the same game. Uh, your tassing is even more so because it's kind of about understanding how a game plays out frame by frame. Um, and those things, I mean, truth of games is like obviously going to be a ridiculous thing um, to try and talk about, but I do think that it's kind of a nice corollary to the, the ordinary or straightforward playing in that we're engaging more and more with the underlying systems of the game and seeing it much more as a piece of software maybe than um, an experience. Uh, all the while having a very authentic experience um, that is just defined by different kind of parameters, defined by the piano role of the TAS editor or the obsession with repetitively doing platform jumps to get exactly the right timing. Um, I'm still really curious about the um, the time travel stuff, and I'm in particular, I'm curious, like, is the way that you're doing this that you kind of play live for a while to see what happens and then you go back and kind of tassify what happened? You're sort of are you sort of perfecting yourself as you go along, or is it all tests all the time? Thursday, the 6th of July, at 1.16pm. Hey, Pippin. Yeah, so due to a, um, I can tell you about this TAS stuff I've been doing. So due to a um, software quirk, I cannot really in any real straightforward way record my inputs while playing. So I sort of... Uh, play to explore options, vanilla, different paths, then I slow it down and try to recreate it, filling in a very janky spreadsheet with uh, <laughs> the button presses. Moment to moment, micro moment to micro moment. And it's slow and meticulous, and I think if we had more time, I'd be able to come up with some sort of very, dare I say it, beautiful, elegant playthrough of this first level, something that took me, you know, a minute or two, um, the first night, you know, and it would fill me with pride. It's the sort of, I was tinkering in my garage and I put this ship in a bottle. Um, but I guess, you know, what we're talking about is the central nervous system of a game. Thursday, the 6th of July at 2.05 p.m. Hey, David. Yep, central nervous system seems reasonable, and I, I also like the kind of accountancy metaphor of playing via TAS, that it's sort of very much checking the bottom line and filling out the spreadsheet and, and making sure all of the numbers balance so that Conan uh, can kick a skeleton in the groin at just the right time. Um, I didn't mention it, but I did spend some time trying to play the, the game that this game is based on, Myth History in the Making. I think that's the correct title. I tried it on all kinds of platforms, um, ZX Spectrum. I made a little bit of headway into running beautiful graphics there. Um, I got to see the opening sequence on the C64. It has really, really good music. Made me excited to play it, but then I couldn't figure out how to play it, or the emulator I was using just wasn't um, 
wasn't happy with me or it. Um, but I did eventually get a version of it running on the Amiga 500. Uh, again, emulation. I'm not authentic enough to own an Amiga 500. And I was able to play that one in a way that at least started to feel recognizable. And, but I couldn't work out how to change inventory items, so I wasn't able to use the fireball or the sword when I picked them up, which you know made the game unplayable. But it was really interesting, even just in that little minor encounter with both a different version of the game, of course, it's Myth, not Conan, um, and a different platform, the Amiga versus the NES. Just, it felt like the same game. I think even maybe the platform layouts were kind of the same. Certainly the movement style of these big leaps and stuff were the same. The weapons were the same. The enemies were the same. Um, but of course, lots of differences too, graphically. Um, but the biggest thing that I ran into that I thought was interesting with the Amiga was the slowness of the system. Uh, because you boot it up, it's a three-disc game. It's <laughs> hard to imagine, and you hear the disc drive grinding away <laughs> as it loads the title screen uh, slowly and then slowly loads the next thing. Uh, and just that reminder of, you know, I mean, I guess Neon White is classic in preseason, but all of these games that we play have been so easy to just bounce back and try again, bounce back and try again, which seems so integral to speedrunning. Uh, but Amiga 500 Myth... Uh, history in the making, not so much. You have to wait for a floppy disk to load uh, before you can even start playing the game. And kicking those skeletons in the nuts. See you, man. Thursday, the 6th of July, at 2.38 p.m. The devil's in the details. The devil is literally the third enemy you fight in Conan. And Conan, sorry. And uh, literally the uh, third of four enemies you or I ever dared to cross blades with in uh, Mysteries of Time. And uh, even though this is a uh, simple adaptation, as Wikipedia tells us, part of me wonders, and I really can't speak to you know whether in speedrunning Conan are we in some way refracting some of the ideas put forth in the original movie. There's just, you know, I've seen it more recently, and you've carried it around longer and possibly thought about it longer. Maybe you haven't thought about it since you've seen it. But, you know, there's so much in that movie about um, existentialism and determinism and power and domination and nature and primitivism and, you know, the, the role of technology in the blade. But... I just can't speak to it. And, yeah, as we say goodbye, you know, there's there's two other metaphors that come to mind um, on my time with speedrunning Conan in my <laughs> ticking boxes spreadsheets approach. Uh, one is that I think what we're talking about is, in a way, a sort of more laborious human version of how they deploy uh, machine learning to train self-driving cars. Like, we're sort of looking for the quote-unquote good drivers to retrain the model. But, you know, another is, like, I can come up with all the colorful metaphors I want to, but I think ultimately what I've been doing, it feels a lot closer to animating <laughs> than playing. So, you know, it all just sort of, these past few days, taken me back to the 90s when, uh, you know, I could have seen the movie and played the game. But, no, this specific moment in the 90s when I was messing around with a 100% legal copy of Adobe Flash, uh, 
trying my hand at tweening frames and animations. I'd never show the world and are now long gone. But, you know, Flash, that's sort of an appropriate place to wind up for speedrunning. It means going fast. End of messages. Thank you for calling GameThing. For more information or to leave us a voicemail, please hang up and dial GameThing.life. Goodbye.